Okay, uh, so one other, uh, just, so there's a lot of things that we're bringing before the Lord, and I think it's uh, worthwhile for us to, to stop and just give praises to God, right? Uh, he is a good God, and He's a good Father. And, and anybody that was with us last week uh, would remember that we were praying for, uh, for, for Zach, right? For, for Andy's um, family friend uh, that's, you know, Paul. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, for Paul. Uh, Andy's friend uh, that, that's battling cancer right now. Uh, and again, we're trusting God for his salvation. This is a, uh, a young man that's dealing with a, a very rare form of cancer. Yes, that's what I was about to, to praise, right? Okay, so spoiled. Paul got saved. And, and so just an encouragement, man, God, God hears our prayers, right? Uh, and he is desperate uh, to show himself strong on behalf of his people. Uh, and so this isn't just an act. This isn't just something that we do. Uh, we serve a good father, right? If we being evil know how to give good gifts unto our children, how, how much more shall our father, which is in heaven, give good gifts unto them that ask, right? Uh, and so let's continue to be burdened and desperate for, in prayer. Uh, that God would continue to do mighty works, right? And so just to, to encourage everybody, that's just such an incredible testimony. So I'm thankful and praise God for that. Um, but this morning, uh, we're going to be camping out in Genesis 37. Yeah. So if you've got a Bible, turn to Genesis 37. And we're going to be spending some time here. Uh, FOI, uh, we've been working through a character study of the life of Joseph uh, and if nothing else, it's been really good for me, right? If no one else is learning anything, well, well God's teaching me some stuff. Uh, and it's awesome. You know, you look at Joseph's life, uh, and it's just an incredibly practical study. Uh, you, you learn about pursuing purity. You learn about uh, diligence and stewardship. You learn about uh, right relations. You learn about God's providence. Uh, you, you learn how to, to grow greater faith. And, and, you know, we're working with international students that have come from halfway across the world to come study in the United States. And, and with this story, it's a story that, that many connect to, right? Uh, Joseph was 17 years old when he was sold into slavery, and he entered a new land and a new culture and a new language, right? He started from the very bottom of society, and he had to work hard. Uh, to, he faced many difficulties, and he had to trust God's plan amidst all of it. And so it's just been an awesome study for us. And so where we're at right here in Genesis 37, uh, the passage is going to be verses 12 through 17. Uh, We've already dealt with some of Joseph's background, right? Joseph comes from this complicated, uh, kind of blended family. uh, And we see a growing resentment uh, where Joseph's brothers hate him, right? Uh, They they can't stand him. And today we're going to see really two stories unfolding. We're going to see one of these individuals that return to a place of bondage and burden and sin, which only leads them further down a path of destruction. And on the other, we're going to see a messenger that's sent to help out those in bondage. And and while we consider this messenger and we see his fate, it seems very, very tragic with our temporal eyes. And, And, you know, I think about William Carey, who was just presented, and we could look at his life and say, man, 
that seems horrible. You know, he, he moved. He, he never had sabbatical. You look at his family relationships on the field, and it was hard, and it was difficult. And with temporal eyes, you could say, why would anybody do that? And, and yet, as we consider this story, we're going to learn to see with spiritual eyes. And we're going to actually acknowledge the great deliverance of the Lord. And so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive into the text and see what God has for us today. Lord, I, I do I just want to say thank you uh, that, that you are a God of comfort. Uh, and we want to say thank you uh, for the fact that you continue to save souls, Lord. Uh, we don't deserve it, but we're so thankful for how you're working. And we just pray that you would teach us this, uh, this evening just through your word. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All righty. So in Genesis chapter 37, verse 12, it says, And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And so the brethren here, th- these are Joseph's brethren. And, and they left home and they're going to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And we're going to pause right here because this is actually a very big deal, right? If we're paying close attention to the narrative in Genesis, then whenever we hear the fact that his brothers are hanging out in Shechem, like immediately we're on the edge of our seats. Because we know in chapter 34 that the last time that they were in Shechem, we were dealing with all sorts of defilement, right? The, the last time that they were in Shechem, Dinah, which would be uh, Joseph's sister, half-sister, stepsister, uh, she was actually raped by Shechem himself, right? And there's just this horrible scene. Uh, and we see that Joseph's brothers, Levi and Simeon, they're, they're so frustrated and they're so angry about what took place to their sister that they actually take retaliation in their own strength. And, and they go into the city and they slaughter all the men in the city. It's just horrible, right? It's all sorts of defilement. And this act of slaughter, it warranted a rebuke from their father, Jacob. And as we read closely, we start to see all sorts of wicked motivation behind them descending upon the city. We see that right after the slaughter, uh, that the men go in and they enjoy of the spoils of the city and they take of the women and the children. They wanted vengeance for themselves, right? And they wanted the spoil for themselves. And they wanted the women for themselves. Are you seeing a theme? They were covetous, they were greedy, and they sought personal gain. And so even just with this testimony, we ought to be aware and we ought to examine our own motivations in everything that we do, right? Uh, that, that, that we can justify, right? We, we ought to examine our motivations. Within a few verses of this incident, we see God call Jacob and his family from the land of Shechem and he calls them to the land of Bethel. And what we learn is that Shechem, that the etymology of that word means shoulder, right? Uh, it means this place of burden. And so he's calling them from the place of burden, and he's calling them to Bethel, right? To the house of God. And, and so the, the, the key point for, for all of us is that God has called all of us from this place of burden, hasn't he? All of us had our Shechem. He's called all of us from this place of burden to take refuge in him. And that's awesome, right? The, the Lord is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our high tower. He is our shield. And yet so often we leave his provision to return to our old ways. And so, you know, I've been reading through the Bible this year and my Bible plan had me in Leviticus uh, this past month. And Leviticus can either be the most boring book that you ever read, or it can be like one of the most exciting, amazing books that you ever read. 
if you take your time and trust, trust God to, to, to truly teach you through it. And, and so what got me in Leviticus is chapter 7 and 8, when you see God dealing with the priesthood, right? He, he's separating Aaron and his sons and setting them apart uh, to the work of priests. And in chapter 8, we see that while he's separating Aaron and his sons, the first thing that they do is they perform this, uh, this consecration ceremony. And so the first thing they do in this ceremony is they, they make a sin offering. And the text tells us that during the offering, the priests are to separate all the bad stuff, right? They're to separate the dung and the skin from, from all the good parts of the offering. And they're supposed to take that offering, all this bad stuff, and they're supposed to take it outside of the camp and light it on fire and destroy it, right? They're supposed to take all these dirty, unclean parts at the time of sacrifice and separate it from themselves, to burn it and to leave it outside the city so that they never bring it back in, so they never bring it back into their lives. And after acknowledging this atoning sacrifice of the lamb, they're supposed to leave all that behind. And Shechem, this place of burden, that was their dung, right? It represents their old ways, and they've been made new creatures. And yet here in chapter 37, just three chapters later, we see the sons of Jacob returning like a dog to its vomit, right? They're backsliding. They're going back to this place of bondage. There is no need for them to ever return to this place. And for us, there's no need for us to ever return to these places in our lives, right? There are areas in your life uh, where, where God has clearly delivered you from them. Uh, past identities, uh, past ways of coping, old friends that you know are bad influences, temptations that you know are going to draw you away from the place that God has you, from the things that God has you. And, and this is the temptation. And so as we keep reading in chapter 37, by, by verse 13, we, we see the other story, right? So Joseph's brothers, they, they go back to this place of Shechem to this place of bondage, to this place of burden. And in verse 13, we see that Israel said unto Joseph, do not thy brethren feed thy flock in Shechem? And so where his brothers left for Shechem, Joseph was kicking it with dad, right? He was hanging out with dad. He says, come and I will send thee unto them. And he said unto him, here am I. And he said to him, go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks and bring me word again. So he sent him out to the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. So in stark contrast to his brothers, who left the house of God, who left Bethel to return to this place of burden, we see that Joseph remained in the house of God. He was kicking it with his father. Joseph, he was patient, but he wasn't slack. He was ready, willing, and obedient at the moment that his father desired something from him, Right? His response to, to, to his father was, here am I. And I wonder how many of us, like Joseph, are actually ready, willing, and obedient for whatever the Lord has for us. And this, Jacob uh, becomes a beautiful type of God the Father, and Joseph becomes a beautiful type of Jesus Christ, who is submissive and obedient to the will of the Father, who left the house of God and left the comforts of his father's home and became a wanderer in search of his brethren. See, Jesus, he's called the messenger of the covenant in Malachi chapter 3. And he was sent from the father with a beautiful message, right? And he was determined to do the will of his father. 
And so he came here to earth to seek his brethren, the children of Israel. And the crazy part is that Jesus knew that these people that he was seeking would only despise and reject him. But his heart was just like Joseph's, right? It was full of compassion towards them. It was full of love towards them, uh, especially when that love wasn't reciprocated. It's such a beautiful heart. When Joseph was asked by a certain man in this passage, what seekest thou? His response is, I seek my brethren. Oh, man, right? I seek my brethren. And I wonder how many of us see the mission of our father. He's called us, just like Joseph, to be wanderers in this field called the world and to seek after brethren and sheep, right? To seek after these souls. And so we see that this wandering led Joseph to Dotham. And this is where, you know, the story gets real. This is where, man, my heart just breaks because we see so clearly Joseph's heart towards his brethren. He loved them. He was seeking them. And in verse 18, it reveals their heart towards him. In verse 18, it says, when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And I want to point out that Dothan, this place where they found themselves, it was just a short walk from Shechem. Shechem was this place of burden, right? It was this place of sin. It was this place of backsliding. And from this fallen position, it was only a short trip to Dothan, the place where they planned their own brother's murder. This is where a root of bitterness going unchecked can lead. This is where hatred and envy brewing can lead. This is where the, the, the place of burden ultimately leads is to Dothan, the place of destruction. And, and luckily for Joseph, his brothers are more greedy than they were bloodthirsty, right? In verse 26, Judah says unto his brethren, what profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Like, what, what do we get out of that, Right? We might as do something that's that like profitable for us. And so he said, come, let us sell them to the Ishmaelites. How wicked is that? How wicked? And so I can't help but point out the irony of the situation. In Genesis 34, the first time they're in Shechem, they were filled with rage that their sister had been perpetrated against. And in Dothan, they're willing to allow their brother to die at their own hands. Wow, it just changed so quick. And yet again, we see their covetousness on display. There's this wicked motivation, right? They, they, they wanted to see Joseph, his demise, uh, because they wanted to be the apple of their father's eye, because they wanted the, the, the inheritance that belonged to Joseph, because they wanted to profit off their own brother's death. And so their focus, once again, was on their own personal gain, on their own self-interest, right? Do you see we're leaving the house of God? We're, we're, we're leaving the house of God leads you to? It's to Shechem. It's to this place of burden. And, and if we let that sweep us away, ultimately it leads to Dothan, this place of destruction. And so what do we have to gain from this story? Right? So far, this has only been a depressing story. <laughs> You're like, man, why is he sharing this? Uh, because I think it's helpful for us to consider. You know, uh, if we decide to lay down our lives if we decide to, to, to be sent by our father to a foreign land to, to reach our brethren, we'll end up in the place of Dothan. Like, we will end up in the place of destruction. If you ask William Carey, man, how, how was it when you were in India? He'd probably say it was really, really hard. Like, I just read his, his missionary biography, and it wasn't easy, right? This dude was in the crucible. He was going through it. 
Joseph in this story, he represents the good guy. He, he represents the God guy, right? And it doesn't seem to be working out too well for him. And I think it's a fair warning for us. The mission that God called us to, it, it was to take up our cross and to follow him. It was only reasonable service to present our lives a living sacrifice to him. If you ask James and Rosie, man, how, how was it on the, you know, the mission field? The, man, they'll tell you a lot of great stories, but they'll also tell you that there are seasons where it felt incredibly lonely, where it's incredibly difficult. If you talk to, to, to Mike, if you talk to Mark, man, they'll, they'll tell you incredible ways in which God came through, but they'll also tell you uh, of times where it seemed really, really low. If you're signing up to be a missionary, then you're signing up to go to the place of Dothan. And so the, the question is, what do we do when we're there, right? How do we flourish in the midst of pain when the odds are stacked against us, when we're despised and we're rejected, when we're abandoned and enslaved, and we find ourselves in the bottom of the pit? Joseph, his brothers, literally took him and cast him into a pit. This dude, like, he literally hit rock bottom. Like, no plan words, like he literally hit rock bottom, right? And so how do we respond when our family, when our situation in life, when finances, when, whatever it is, when it sucker punches you in the face? And, and the key point here is that in the midst of trial, we must learn to have a spiritual perspective. We, we have to gain a spiritual perspective. We operate in light of spiritual realities, don't we? And so we have to get our eyes off the physical, we have to get our eyes off the temporal, and we have to, to get them onto the eternal and onto the spiritual. In the midst of trials, in the midst of storms, we have to respond like the disciples did. In, in Mark 4, whenever they're on the sea and the storms are raging, right? Uh, we, we, we don't want to re respond like the disciples did, where they say, Master, care us not that we perish. We have to acknowledge that, that our Savior is present with us in these times when the storms are brewing. The disciples forgot that Jesus had taught them uh, just the moment before in the parable of the sower about receiving his words and putting their trust and faith in them, right? And, and so Jesus had just instructed them that they're going to the other side and all they had to do was have faith in that. And so uh, it's the same for us. We have to remember the promises that we receive from God uh, before entering the pit. Because whenever we receive those promises, whenever we acknowledge them, when, 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 when everything's going haywire, it applies providence to our problem. So rather than scoffing at God in the midst of trials, we believe that he's actively been preparing us to go through them, right? And that he's a present help and deliverer for us through them. And so we're going to bring this story full circle, and we're going to wrap up, and we're going to dismiss everybody to pray for, for, for missionaries. Uh, but, but I want us to see... Uh, what Dothan can represent for, for us. So we talked about Dothan representing this place of destruction. But if you cross-reference Dothan and other parts of Scripture, it brings us back to 2 Kings chapter 6. And in 2 Kings chapter 6, we see a story of great deliverance, right? In 2 Kings chapter 6, we see Elisha and his servant, and they're in a city, and the enemies are surrounding them. And there's these chariots and horses and this great host on every side that's there for their destruction. And they're, 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 you know, what are they going to do? His servant says, alas, master, how shall we do? <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're toast. It's over. And, and Elisha, he says, fear not, for greater are they that are with us than against us, right? 
He had spiritual eyes to understand his circumstance. He gained a spiritual perspective that even when he was in the bottom of the pit, that he could trust God's providence. And so I want us to see that, you know, we never truly understand God's providence until eternity future. You don't realize that Joseph's brothers were ready to kill him. And had it not been for the pit in Joseph's life, he would have been dead. Had it not been for... Uh, you know, his brother stung him into to, to slavery. He would have never made it to Egypt. Had he never made it to Egypt, he would have never been, uh, you know, the prime minister of Egypt and saved the world amidst an incredible famine. So often the pits in our lives are setting us up to be used in ways that we could never proactively comprehend or imagine. Rather than these hardships being a point of frustration, let's make them a point of prayer. And so to, today, some of us, we see our tendencies are to return to our old ways, uh, to return to our old burdens, to return to this place of Shechem. And I pray that we'd heed the warning found here, that, that it's only a way to destruction. And, and many of us are beginning to acknowledge that the hardships and the cost of missions, uh, it's really high. <laughs> and, and I pray that we could be able to take hold of God's promises now, that we may hold on to them, engage spiritual perspective while we're in the pressure cooker, right? That we could see these situations that are stacked against us and instead of seeing them as this place of destruction, to, to start to see with spiritual eyes and see that they're actually a place of great deliverance. And so I'm going to invite Larry uh, back up uh, to tell us about the ministry in uh, India, and we're going to dismiss to pray.